right, we're back on Money Talk. I'm Andrew Work, and it's time for Your Money. Carolyn Wright will take a look at what's happening with the regulation in the crypto space here in Hong Kong. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. At a recent G20 meeting, India's finance minister, Nirmala Sitharaman, said that any action on crypto needs to be global and that the discussion with the finance chiefs on the matter had proved substantive. So in Your Money Today, we're going to take an in-depth look at local efforts to regulate the crypto space. I'm joined now by Jonathan Compton again. He is Dispute and Regulatory Partner at RPC. Thank you for joining me, Jonathan. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So all this follows in the wake of the high-profile failures of companies like FTX. But I think the big question is, Is tighter regulation really the answer or can existing frameworks that are used already in the traditional financial world be adapted and work just as well for crypto? Um, My short answer to that is that tighter regulation in this sphere is necessary, uh, but that doesn't mean that um, existing frameworks and mechanisms can't be used and and they will be used. Uh, I think that problem is that existing frameworks don't necessarily cover the types of assets. Um, With virtual assets, you shouldn't be looking at what they're called, but you should be looking at what they do. Um, And and in Hong Kong, definitely some of the the virtual assets that have been issued are covered by the existing securities and futures framework, either as a security, a future or a collective investment scheme, but some of them aren't. And so there needs to be either an extension of the existing framework or the introduction of new mechanisms. So when you're splitting up uh, the assets there, I just wonder if there's anything that comes to mind for you as to which assets are more likely to fall within the existing framework and which aren't, if if you're talking general terms. Um, Security tokens. Um, So these are the tokens that would give you uh, an ownership right. Uh, They would generally fall within the existing framework as securities, um, as a security. Uh, A future which is based on the value of a token that would um, that would probably fall within the existing framework or a collective investment scheme. For example, uh, this is quite a hot topic in Hong Kong, but tokenization of property potentially falls as a collective investment scheme and therefore is regulated under the existing framework. But, but um, pure cryptocurrencies like uh, Bitcoin are not, or certainly I think the, the assumed position is that they are not. Okay, got it. Now, one of the things that we saw in, in everything that followed from FTX is the industry very much kind of getting itself together and wanting to to prove itself as legitimate. And, and, and there were a lot of moves made, made there. But do you think they, the industry itself, is a key driver for more dedicated crypto regulation? Is the industry itself calling out for this? The industry itself definitely is calling out for it. Uh, whether it's a key driver is uh, a difficult question. Um, I think a lot of industry participants want certainty. Um, there has been this this regulatory arbitrage where companies have moved from one country to another, uh, and a lot of um, the more established players who want the badge of regulation to show to um, their customers or investors, they are calling out for regulation. How much regulation they want is a different question. And um, definitely the regulators are looking at uh, whether the market wants regulation in terms of the mechanisms that it's putting in place. Okay, so let's take a deeper dive here into Hong Kong. Now, uh, Hong Kong has said that it's kind of, well, we're looking like 
retail investors might get more access to virtual asset trading services. So that's that's quite a big move, really, I, I think. Are, are the industries, the, the traditional financial sector and the digital asset sector, ready to converge here and, and really get on board with a transition towards retail investors getting involved in, in crypto, do you think? The traditional finance industry and the virtual asset industry have already been doing a lot of convergence. Um, I kind of um, talk about it as tectonic plates moving together. And we've seen as the as the crypto industry has been accepted more and more into traditional finance, as people have taken crypto assets on board as acceptable assets, there have been some earthquakes. Uh, and we're, I think, shaking out some of the uh, industry players that, that perhaps shouldn't have been there or didn't have the mechanisms in place. Uh, again, I think the question is, as the two um, plates converge, is the cryptocurrency industry ready to do what it needs to do to be um, operating in a market where uh, professional investors and retail investors are given access to those assets? That's a very good question. You know, it, it, is the industry ready? Do you think it is? <laughs> a lot of the industry has um, vocally welcomed the move by the Hong Kong government, uh, the SFC and the HKMA, to put in place a new regulatory regime. The pushback has tended to be on how onerous it is. Um, but the government and the regulators here are relying on existing mechanisms, like, like I said at the top of the... Mm -hmm piece and that's for example um that they want to have um they want to have individuals that are fit and proper running the organization they want to have a new business committee to uh determine whether particular assets are appropriate to be sold on the platform they want um uh investor um investors to do onboarding uh processes and they want appropriate aml procedures in place this is these are a lot of um, mechanisms that the traditional finance industry has been using for a long time. Um, and really, as the tectonic plates uh, move over each other, the crypto industry is just going to have to accept that this is how you participate in the major financial markets. Now, the crypto industry is still pretty much in, in the nascent stages, you, you could say. So do you think that the, the regulation that we're expecting soon here will just be a kind of starting point and, and we'll see it evolving as the, the space develops itself? It definitely will be. Um, the government itself has come out and said that they uh, will allow certain exchange-traded funds to be sold under the, the regime in Hong Kong, but they expect that to expand. Um, they've announced that they will probably be putting in place a stable coin regime. So they've been, the government and regulators here have been very vocal about the fact that this is the start. Uh, we want to get the industry up to this, the position that we want for investors to be able to invest in Hong Kong. Um, and uh, I see this as a conservative starting point that will then be uh, broadened out over time. And what does this all mean on the other side for the investors themselves? What does having a clear, easy to understand regulatory framework mean for them? The regulatory frameworks, legal and regulatory frameworks um, don't mean there will be no fraud. And they don't mean that there will be no failure of investments and no loss of investments. What it means is that there's some certainty. 
um, and that people can make decisions about how to manage their conduct and how to uh, invest their finances. So there will be probably a reduction in volatility. That some investors may say that's bad because they were investing in crypto in order to get a high return when there was uh, when there was a big uh, jump in the market. Um, but what it will provide is uh, expectations of the types of behaviours that are permitted by people issuing the tokens and people selling the tokens. Um, it will provide a certainty that there's a system in place to minimise the losses that take place, but not necessarily to prevent them. And how do you see uh, the stance in Hong Kong comparing to other jurisdictions? Uh, you know, uh, the industry here seems to be embracing the change from what you're you're saying to me. And it sounds like there's a, there's a good outlook and, it, and it's probably positive for retail investors. It, are we kind of leading the way maybe or, or how do we compare? I think so, yes. Uh, but we only have to go back to last summer to see... Um, the industry globally was criticizing Hong Kong for not having a regime in place when other jurisdictions did. When there were failures of uh, banks and fund managers in those jurisdictions, the regulation was dialed back. Um, Hong Kong has been working on this for several years. And that, that's why I say it's starting a relatively conservative uh, starting point that it doesn't want to roll back. And that's why the industry, I think, has been very positive about this. Hong Kong is a an established, well-regarded financial centre that is putting in place a regime that will allow investors to invest in crypto. So it is, it is again, I think it's very much about building that, that trust and confidence. And what you're saying is that once the regime goes in place, you don't want to roll back because that kind of shatters people's trust in the system. Exactly. And the, the more that there is a regulatory framework in place, the more people know who can invest. Um, so people will be able to invest. The idea is that retail investors will be able to invest in crypto. There just needs to be the mechanisms in place. Uh, for example, capital adequacy, that's quite a contentious one for the crypto industry. But to have those mechanisms in place to give investors a bit of certainty over their investment. Got it. Thank you very much once again for your insights and explanation of everything that's going on around regulation in the crypto space. That is Jonathan Crompton, who is Disputes and Regulatory Partner at RPC.